This evening we have a silent service, and the purpose of this is, as Pastor Jesse said, to reflect what it was like on that day some 2,000 years ago. The Bible says this, the author of Ecclesiastes says, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And then the author continues and he says this, There is a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. This is true of life in general. In life we have various seasons, various experiences and situations that we find ourselves in. Sometimes those experiences are, are favorable and encouraging. Yet other, other times those experiences can be discouraging and dark. And this evening what we want to communicate to you is to communicate to you a mood of somberness and reflection. And this is in light of our Lord's death. We refer to this day as Good Friday. And because of Sunday, because of the resurrection we can say that it is good. We can say that it is good that the Lord Jesus has died for our sins and borne our guilt. But from the perspective of the disciples, from the perspective of the Holy Week, let's say that we don't have Sunday yet. Friday, this Friday that we remember, the day that our Lord Jesus died, was the darkest day in all of human history. It is the day that the innocent, the perfect, the righteous Son of God was crucified and tortured by those people whom he created. It is the darkest day of human history. It is a day of mourning and of darkness and of gloom. And it is important that we reflect on these matters due to the reasons for why Christ died. The Bible is clear that the Lord Jesus did not die for himself, but that he died for us. And the reason why he died for us is because of our sin. And this evening, in the short time that we have together, I'd like to share with you a brief meditation on the story of Barabbas found in Mark 15, if you have, a, if you have a, a Bible, will you please open up to Mark 15? We will begin in, in verse 6. And in this short story that both Mark and Matthew share with us, we get a very good picture of what this day is about. Here we have the narrative is developing and Jesus is about to be crucified. And prior to his crucifixion, he is tried. There is a trial that Jesus goes through. And in this trial, Pilate offers to the Jews to release someone that they choose. And Pilate presents to this religious group, this group of religious leaders, two people. He presents to them Barabbas, and he presents to them the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us read together. Mark 15, beginning in verse 6. Now at the feast, he, Pilate, used to release for them 
for the Jews one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed and among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he, Pilate, answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him, Jesus, up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him, Pilate, release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. There are four actors or four characters in this passage. The first is Pilate. Pilate is a man of nobility. He is a man of political status. Pilate is presented here as someone who wants to please the crowd. Pilate lacks a backbone and seeks to do what is politically expedient for his cause. And then there is the crowd. The crowd here is presented as, in some sense, thirsty for Jesus' blood. They want him destroyed. They want him crucified. And then there is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 7, it says this, He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. That passage in Isaiah is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a prophecy of Jesus foretelling how Jesus would act in this situation. And rather than the Lord Jesus defending himself, he submits himself to the will of the Father. And the last character is this man who is referred to as Barabbas. We don't know much about Barabbas, but we do know that he was a murderer. He participated in an insurrection of some sort. He sought to overthrow the Roman rule. And we can imagine that he himself was in line to be crucified. That was his punishment. He was a murderer. This man was a man deserving of capital punishment. So in these four characters, what I want to, to do with this passage is I want us to look at this passage in some sense like a mirror. I want us to see these characters not as historical figures who do not have relevance for us in the here and now. Rather, I want us to look at this passage and see where it is we fit in this story. Of these four characters, who are we? 
Who are we? Where does God want us to see ourselves? One of the wonderful facts of Scripture is that it is always relevant. It was written in the past, but it's for you in the here and now. Now, in many ways, we could put ourselves in the place of each of these characters. Like Pilate, we oftentimes seek to please the crowd. Like the crowd, we oftentimes seek for others who are doing the right thing to be harmed. But I don't want to focus on Pilate or the crowd. I want us to see ourselves in light of Barabbas. And two points of connection here. First, Barabbas is a man of tremendous wickedness. He was a murderer. He was about to be executed. Now you might say, well, pastor, I, I am by no means a murderer. And I think that you're right to point out that there are differences between us, as, us and Barabbas. But I believe that we are more alike than we are dissimilar. Listen to what Psalm 130 says about us. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? What that passage means is this. If God were to keep track of our sins, if God were not to show us grace, Who could be accepted before him? It is a rhetorical question to which the reader should answer, no one. We all, like Barabbas, are guilty. We all, like Barabbas, have thought and said and done tremendous acts of evil. The Bible says this, that by nature we are corrupt. In our very heart there is the deepest of darkness. And this darkness is what Barabbas had in his heart. This is what drove him to do the acts that he committed. In this story, I want us to make this connection between us and Barabbas. We are Barabbas on Good Friday. We are the one who has committed acts of treason against God and who are guilty. This is us. Now the second point of connection though does emphasize Barabbas' guilt, but it emphasizes Jesus' salvation for us. Like Barabbas, we have a sin nature. Like Barabbas, we are guilty. Like Barabbas, we are deserving of punishment. Like Barabbas, we have tremendous guilt. We share that together. The various forms of guilt and iniquity that we have committed are different, yes. But that we are guilty is a common and shared feature of being a human. Now also like Barabbas, we receive grace whereas Jesus receives judgment. 
In this story, what you have is the picture of substitution. You have the picture of an exchange. There is this trial. And rather than the one being guilty being put on trial, what you have is the one who is innocent being tried and convicted. Rather than the one deserving the punishment and the cross being the recipient of that. It is the one who is innocent who receives the punishment. And this here is a picture of the gospel. This here is a picture of the good news that we believe as Christians. Is that yes, we have tremendous guilt before God. But out of Jesus' love and mercy and compassion for us, what he does is he takes our place. In this story, the guilty are set free. The wicked are forgiven. And it is the righteous who are punished. It is the innocent who die. And this is why Good Friday is in some sense a tragedy because the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God has died in our place. Bringing these two points together, what we see is that this story of Barabbas and Jesus is our story. We are Barabbas. And Jesus in his love and his mercy takes your place. He dies the death that you deserve and he bears your guilt. He did not die for himself. He died for us. The guilty go free. The righteous are punished. Jesus dies our death. He bears our punishment. He suffers our guilt. He is our substitute. And by the grace of God, there is an exchange. Jesus for Barabbas, the holy for the wicked, and Jesus for us. Now, if this message is strange to you, if you yourself have not believed it, Jesus' act of substitution must be embraced by faith. Jesus is not your substitute if you reject him. So our greatest desire here that on this day of, of tremendous tragedy, that this day would be the day that you begin living. That this is the day that you have new life in Jesus Christ. At this time we will transition to partaking of communion together.